know, and we're not there yet in the US, you know, but like, you know, like basketball, it's fed, or football, it's fed by collegiate, those collegiate sports. But what's feeding, what's feeding the MRR? If it's, if it's collegiate athletes, and there's absolutely a place for that, but there are guys playing for New Zealand who are 18 years old, 19 years old, playing men's rugby, you know, so it's finding that balance and, and to make sure, because we want those guys to come into a professional environment and be coached by people like Clarkey and Valenessi, you know, who are excellent coaches. But the same time is, you know, it, it's a struggle for them to get them game time every week. Why? Because it's a professional sport and we need to win. You know, and people are putting a lot of money in and we want to see trophies, you know. Um, but what, what, what can we do to get the challenges? How can we get them more game time? You know, and we, we started that. We saw guys playing for the Seawolves there, you know, not too long ago. They were coming out of the club program. Yeah. Eight guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. So eight guys, yeah. I think, from the club. They played for the club that played that game. Yeah. But, you know, we want to see guys playing for Tacoma and Valley and Eastside and Chuckanut. Right. And right. And it doesn't all have to be Seattle no. rugby. It's just a matter of, like, speak up. Yeah. Get out here. And how can Come we feed talk. those? How can we feed? Remember, we've got a squad of 40 guys. Yeah. So on Saturday afternoon, there's 17 guys not playing. Yeah. Which is a huge. Whereas if that was New Zealand or England or Ireland or Wales, yeah. or, those guys would be playing in the second team or fed out to another program. So they'd still be playing. It's hard to justify, um, you know, as that individual. This is no one's fault. It's just the system. We have to try and fix it, in my opinion. You know, but ultimately, as a player, if I'm not playing, how can I ever justify being selected? True. True. Right? And then it, then you might, then there's a danger of creating a culture. I'm not talking about seawalls. I'm just talking about rugby in general. Yes. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. this is not just a seawalls no, no, problem. This is absolutely yeah, not. Yeah. American yeah. pro rugby. Yeah, I don't want people to think that's what... You know, then all of a sudden you've created a culture where this player says to me, I want someone to get hurt. Right. 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 Which is not the culture. That's not the culture you want. You know, so doggy dog mentality. Well, because I'm not going to get a chance. And every week I don't play, you know, so the challenges that we're trying to overcome, because insurance is a big part of it in the United States, right? (laughs) And sip is one thing, but it's like, you know, back home, even if I was a professional rugby player, I got hurt. I can still just go to the doctor and get, I can go to the hospital and then someone's going to take care of me. It's right there. Right, right. Nope. So what's your insurance? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So now remember, if this was a business, you know, I, you know, I, uh, Yeah, that's an, a, a huge added expense that you don't have in other countries. No, it's we like have, indirect. It's like, it's absolutely. directly indirect. But it's like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a part of that. Right? Take rugby out of the equation. Fix, yeah. And it's understandable. Take rugby out of the equation. I run a plumbing company, right? Raymark, there's your plug, right? And uh, Raymark Plumbing. Um, if I run that, now, I can't, if a guy goes and works for Southwest or another plumbing company tomorrow and he gets hurt, my insurance can't cover him. Right. That's the same with rugby. It's no different. You know, so how do we get over that challenge? Of, if he goes to work for another company, that company just happens to be a rugby company. So with the MLR, is the insurance from the MLR for the players, so if the player moves around, they're still insured? Yes, but they have to be contracted with that team, right? I mean, it's, but, but they can't play. But they can't play for a non-MLR team, right? And right. So but but my thought process is just just for conversation, not really making a point. But like, it is say uh, you know a character is playing for Seattle, and then all of a sudden he's playing for Utah. No, 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 because the MLR. Yeah, the MLR yeah, so yeah. it's a league wide. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people don't know that. That's why I want to bring yeah, it up yeah, the subject because yeah. it's like. Yeah. I forget how much sure. you know that nobody else does. It is just common sense. No, no, no. They're, 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 if they're in there, they're, they're, where the challenge lies is 
remember those 17 guys who might not get as much rugby are like in another country we can play them over here and they're going to be fine if they get hurt they're going to look after whereas here it's like okay well who's covering that cost right you know it's, it's all liability right so I've got you know there are programs MLR programs here that are getting supplemental insurance or, right you know there's ways around, but it's it's not you have to think about it no I'm, to, yeah you got the gears turning in my head because I'm like okay how's it how do they do in the academy you know but that like, the academies and other places and that is open expenses too. Yeah, yes. It's more cost for owners, yeah. Yeah. right? Um, yeah. And, and there's, you know, there's not an infinite amount of money yet. You know, these yeah. guys are really fair play to all the owners and ours, it's not like especially, you know, they put yeah. their hand in the pocket constantly. Yeah. So, that yeah. was an eye opener today when we went to the, we went to a practice for Seattle, right? With the Seahawks. Oh, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> the fact that they have so many people there just for practice. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the late, I mean, it's fascinating. if that was a if that was a SeaWolves game, we'd all be like, Joe, oh my God, the, there were so <laughs> many options, there were so many bathrooms, there were so many like, yeah. bougie, yeah. if you will, right? I mean, in my yes, oh, yeah. but we're going to be there eventually. Where does it? Well, also, where does that come from? It's, and it's dangerous to go all the way there because the thing is, mm-hmm. those people who are watching don't play anything. Right? We watch it, point. right? We, we're in a culture here where if I'm good enough for high school, I go to college. If I'm good there, then I go to... So the, the, the athletes dwindle down, so there's hardly anything left. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if you're in the UK or, you know, Ireland or, you know, South Africa, everyone plays. Yeah. Just a small amount of professional. It's just different yeah. here, uh, We're levels. working our way towards professional and everyone's watching. Right. Right? Now, if everyone's just watching, who's feeding us? Right, you know who's you know whereas collegiate collegiate football feeds that we're way off that we're, we're 100 yeah, years old you know? yeah, yeah. so I don't even think it'll be in our lifetime right? yeah, yeah. and I don't mean to be negative but it's a reality yeah. but, but once again okay. as, I, as I mentioned to you in the kitchen yeah. but we're surrounded by athletes that aren't doing anything right like if we if we're saying all of our best players come from college sports right well what about boxers how many boxers went to university no right you don't play with a collegiate MMA. You look at some of the best athletes in the world that are either in track or in playing Maori boys playing for you know the All Blacks that come from you know bad backgrounds or something. Guess what? They didn't go to college. It's not just that. That's a part of it. But how do we tap into the rest of it and provide opportunity for those athletes that all of a sudden it's over? Well, no, it doesn't have to be. Mm -hmm. You know, it can. And guess what? We can find you a job. You know, a good example of that is the Raptors in Denver. Right. I, w- I was wondering if that's the rabbit hole you're going to go down. But I, yeah, I, I mean, look, and that's, you know, I, I get on well with the guys there. Mark Bullock, who's the director of rugby, is from here. He started Liberty. He's the guy who actually created the logo for Liberty Rugby. Oh, really? Yep. So, um, Rex Norris had always spoken highly of him. Yeah, Mark's a good guy. I mean, they've got, and look, their challenge is they're taking athletes from other sports where the culture is totally different, right? It's cut from, yeah. And they're trying to put them in an environment and create a rugby. But they and you know I'd go out there and we would uh, I'd try and help them and put processes in place to try and now you've got guys from lots of different backgrounds and and a lot of them are very rough backgrounds right and right. and it's a case of one kid I spoke to he's 23 you know and I was I said to him what would happen if you weren't here he goes I have to be here he goes I was at home at the weekend in Chicago if I'm not here I'm shooting someone or someone's shooting me that's his reality. You know, now rugby is taking that away from it, right? Yeah. It's, now life's okay. We've got gang members in our club program. There are other gang, 
you know, we've had gang members, Paul Seymour's about gang members, ex-gang right. members that are now mentors within their community, right? Because rugby's provided them the opportunity not to play the sport, right? Because if, what if they got hurt tomorrow? Do we go, right, we don't need him anymore? No, we don't. that's not our culture, yeah. right? The first thing is, for you to come and play for us, I'm in conversations like this, this right now with multiple players, the first thing we talk about is, how are we going to get you a job? How do we get you a place to live? How, and this is a professional, I'm not talking about seals, I'm talking about amateur rugby. So if we can't look after you, I wouldn't invite you. That's the primary, because you might come here tomorrow, get hurt, and what do I do? Say, well, you can leave now. No, right, yeah. no, 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 you know, and rugby, the worst thing that will happen to you will be that you'll have a job and a place to live. They're, that's fundamental to some people, you know, and, yeah. and we've, we've taken it for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it's how we go into schools and how we communicate that. We shouldn't be, you know, I was I was just bad. I'd be going into schools saying, oh, rugby's a really cool sport, you know, and this is how you pass the ball backwards. We get to hit hard. You get to carry the ball. And teachers are like, whatever, you know. But now you can go into school and say, We've got a community program that will help your kids be better kids. You put them in a safe space, be in a diverse community, give them opportunity no matter what shape, color, yeah. size they are. Yeah. You know, help them find work when they get out. Help them find opportunities through college. And they're like, what's this community program called? It happens to be called rugby. Yes, <laughs> yes. Right? You know, and then you put the right people in the room. You know, we've got guys in our programs, like I just mentioned. Now, guess what? They're going to these high schools and telling their story to people in the room who are gang members. And people are getting up. The last one I went to, it was so cool. I'd run out of cards to hand people, you know, and uh, it was all Polynesian kids because it was through the Pacific Island community at the school. 460 kids there, the graduation rate 60%, and we put people in the room to show them that there's hope, that they were yeah. like them, right? This is possible. And then one of the kids walked past me, and on his arm was that big was written my phone number. <laughs> right. So then you know we're making a connection, but it yeah. can't be me telling the story. Right? It's, it's, it's there. If they need to see someone who's been through what they've been through, so they can relate and they have that bond. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely like it's the. Um, I guess you're. I, I never thought about it until it puked out of your mouth just now because like, <laughs> yeah, we do. We talk about the collision and fall in love with the collision, and then you'll learn the, the, the rules and such. But the reality is, the the flow of the game is that bond, that support, that, you know, when, when my buddy goes down, it, it, it needs to be more than one buddy that's over him. It has to be a couple. It has to be a couple teammates because otherwise you turn over the ball and the, and the phase is over and, and it's just right and, it's the not, foot, and it's know? not dissimilar from military. It's life. From military, right? right? You know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm direct rugby for the Army Rugby Union, right? So I do a lot of these guys and and we, are, we actually work with veterans as well. Right? That was the stipulation to get back involved with them was they would allow veterans to play. You know, and, the, and the values with rugby and military are very similar. You know, if you see a guy go down the floor, what, what, why do I want to... What, what's my why? You know, now, the people above that, which for us is the administration of the rugby program, president of the rugby club, we, and coaches, we've got to create an environment where you care about the people next to you. Yes, you're playing for your, your teammate. Yeah, and that doesn't happen overnight. 
that, does that build trust? And a lot of it is smoke and mirrors, right? It's like, well, let's go and help a special needs event or a wheelchair rugby event or something like that. And all of a sudden, you know, people go and help. And now they're conversing in a different way than they were in a rugby field. They're engaging each other differently. You know, like the Crusaders came, it was, it was interesting, the first time they come over three years ago, they said one of their biggest, they would put guys in teams of five, right, within the program. Right. And they would give them, it was competitive, right, whatever they were going to do, they'd compete against these other teams. Well, they took on knitting. I was going to say, even a scavenger hunt would be fun to witness, by the way. Yeah. Well, they, did, they did knitting, right? So now you've got, like, I think Mog was there at the time, but they're knitting. And uh, they said it was crazy because uh, because everyone, it was a leveler, right? No one's good at No one's ever done it. You know, everyone's in the same boat. But he said, after oh, three months, everyone's like, we've got to get this sweater done. Yeah, right. to get, but all of a sudden, they're communicating about something that's not rugby, right? Yeah. And, and, and troubleshooting about things that have got nothing to do with how we're going to score a try. Right. right. You know, and but yet it's building their, their, their uh, connection. communication and their connection. Yes. yes. And then they start to appreciate each other for who they are as a person, not just the rugby player. Right? And then, right? And then it's like, but well, now they go on the floor. It's not, it's not just my teammate. It's my mate. Yeah. 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 It's, it's brotherhood. It's brotherhood. It's cool. You know, you keep on bringing up military. And I remember, uh, I remember hanging out with a guy, and he, Tim Metcher, and he said, He's he's great. Uh, I, I I always saw him as a sergeant of arms of that team when he was there because well because he was, he was I mean great. like you guys can tell he's but, a, uh, he was a great leader for the team. Yeah. He really yeah and uh, anyways he is the one that said you know it is the closest game to going to war mm. without actually killing another person <laughs> <laughs> because you have to you have to rely your entire success on your teammates. Yeah. And and interestingly with rugby, um, you know, as well, there's every shape and size on the field all at the same time. Yes. I mean look to year one, our captain is Phil Mack, who was the smallest guy. Yes. Yeah. Right? So yes. all of a sudden and what does that tell you about the culture of rugby? Respect. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. There's no I'm bigger than you, right. no it's puffing chests out. No. You know, it's about what you've brought to the table, right? It doesn't matter what shape or size you are. Yeah, and we want to Phil Mack, boy, talking about a pit bull. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you a funny story, which you'll enjoy it, and I know fans enjoy this. And this is on me, right? Love so we went, <laughs> we went to the final. We're playing in San Diego, and this is year one, right? So I'm against Glenn Gill. Remember, that time, Phil Mack took no yeah. outside coaches, it were. Right. They're all internal. Yeah, right. me and Phil yes. and Matt yeah. Turner. And, and he was, the, he was the head coach. And the scrummy, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yes. He was, he was, there's, 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 there's no one else to blame, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And the, uh, it was just us, you know, but ultimately we're on the way to the field. I get to the field and there's no balls at the field. And I'm like, oh, shh, you know, this is before the final, right? And I'm like, <laughs> I call up and I'm play, we're playing against Denver. And remember, my mate's the manager. He goes, oh, I must have left him back at the hotel. So, yeah, I'm like, you, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, but it was on me not to, I should have checked. But anyway, this is as true as I stand in now. The guy's got a spare boot. I had to go back to the job. They warmed up with a rugby boot. That's how oh, oh. pre yeah, pre ma- pre cup final the warm up was all with a rugby boot, and then, then we ended up winning it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So, but the cool you thing know, is, reality, though, the thing so about that, how harder it is to catch the boot yeah. than it is the ball. I mean, like yeah. that was brilliant. That's you, resourceful. This when you really talk really about fun. culture, when you talk to those guys back now. Yeah, yeah. Is it cool about we won? Yes, it's cool. 
And guess what? Do you know what Briggs brought up more? That we were we did the warm up with the rugby player. That's legend. right. That's yeah. a legend. That's yeah. lore. That's like that's yeah. That's yeah, that's that's so seriously, beautiful. that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. real history that's happens. Exactly. Hey, yeah. and I can laugh about it because we won. I'd be sitting there going, we lost the cup final the, because I forgot the balls. And then all uh, every Facebook group would be. Right, right. He should be the manager. <laughs>